The new film from Studio Ghibli hits U.S. theaters this weekend, and I've got my thoughts right now. This review is brought to you by Uncommon Goods. Go to uncommongoods.com slash Dan to get 15% off your next gift and stay tuned after this review for more info. Hello everybody, I'm Dan Merle here with my thoughts on The Boy and the Heron, which is the latest film from Studio Ghibli and the latest film from director Hayao Miyazaki. This is Studio Ghibli's first film since 2020's Earwig and the Witch and Miyazaki's first since 2013's The Wind Rises. This is also being marked as Miyazaki's final film, though he has retired and unretired before. And at 82 years old, Miyazaki is just one of those filmmakers that I wish through some trick of magic or science or whatever could just keep on making making movies forever because I am not too deep still into my anime journey, at least not comparatively to how many different movies and shows have been released in the medium. But Miyazaki's movies and what I've seen in Studio Ghibli, every single one, they are all so magical. I wish we could just keep getting them every three to five or even every five to ten years forever. I have yet to see a Miyazaki film that did not absolutely put me under its spell. He has a way of crafting worlds that are both relatable and completely fantastical. It's that injection of the surreal into the real, that transformation of our world into something completely new that really just gives Miyazaki this magnetic pull for me. I know that I'm kind of a newcomer when it comes to Miyazaki fandom, but I just really, really like his movies. The Boy and the Heron, which is reportedly drawn heavily from Miyazaki's own childhood, was initially marketed in Japan without a trailer or any sort of synopsis, so in that spirit, I'll just give you the briefest of overviews about the movie. It's about a young boy named Mahito who moves to the countryside with his father after a personal tragedy, left mostly to himself in a big house with sprawling grounds. Mahito discovers a world that's both mysterious and perhaps connected to his own life in ways that he could never have imagined. The rest of the movie I won't really go into, not because The Boy and the Heron is full of twists and turns, but because the movie itself is so much about the discovery of this world and the fact that every time this movie turns a different corner, there's something else new and mysterious and beautiful, sometimes grotesque, sometimes a mix of both of them, that very few films or directors are really able to conceive of or convey. It's a movie that mixes darkness and light, humor and horror, and this very specific sort of melancholy that Miyazaki is able to infuse into his work. They're not depressing films, but they have this undercurrent of sadness and grief that's there but doesn't overwhelm everything else. There is a cultural experience and just a personal touch that Miyazaki is able to put into his work, largely because he's a child of 1940s Japan and, and everything that comes with that. His work is unmistakable, and Hayao Miyazaki's films are even more distinctive on their own than Studio Ghibli's, which are also kind of set apart and their own unique thing in the animation space. You don't really watch a Miyazaki movie, you feel it, you experience it, and that's what's so kind of magical. Really, only the best directors are able to do that. They don't just give you a film, they give you an experience that's unique to them. The animation in The Boy and the Heron, it goes without saying, is absolutely spectacular. There are not many animators that are still working in the hand-drawn medium, but this movie is a great example of why hand animation must endure anyone who just paints all animated films with a single brush and says like, ah, well, they're all the same, should have to sit down and watch a hand-drawn animation movie like this 
a stop motion animation movie like the ones that Leica makes and a computer animated film like the ones that Pixar makes. And then maybe you could understand the tactile tangible difference and the different effects that you can have with different forms of animation. The colors in this movie swirl and meld together in what appears to be a combination of watercolor, ink, paint, and what other media Miyazaki and his animators choose to use. And the results are up to the standards that you would expect from Studio Ghibli and some of their best work. Because this is potentially Miyazaki's last film, and because it was apparently drawn so much from his own life and his own childhood specifically, this might be a little bit more meditative than you could be expecting, especially if you're not well-versed or even a little bit versed into the tone and the vibe of Studio Ghibli. It's certainly an adjustment in tone compared to Western animation and what we see coming out from Disney and Pixar, DreamWorks, and all of the other animation studios here in the United States. It's a slow burn that's meant to be felt as much as experienced with progressively developing character beats and sequences that sometimes are just meant to show off the world that's been created. Yes, it is profoundly emotional, but there are also laughs to be had, often from some of Miyazaki's wildest creations. There's an army of giant parakeets that plays into the action at some point, and you have that dry humor in some of those one-liners that Miyazaki's films are also able to pull off, even amidst the very personal story aspects of Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business, like that let's put it online and see what happens stage. And the site is live. That we opened a store and need a fast checkout stage. Thanks. You're all set. That count it up and ship it around the globe stage. This one's going to Thailand. And that, wait, did we just hit a million orders stage? Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for your $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen. The film. Now, I should note that I watched the version that was in the original Japanese, which was not dubbed and came with subtitles. The version that many people will see this weekend here in the U.S. is the dubbed version, which boasts an all-star lineup of actors, including Christian Bale, Willem Dafoe, Florence Pugh, Dave Bautista, Robert Pattinson. I'm actually very anxious to see that version because the Studio Ghibli dubs are actually really well done. The idea of poorly dubbed anime, at least to the prestige level of Studio Ghibli and some of the bigger anime films and shows has kind of gone away. And so I look forward to experiencing this film a second time with those voices because I'm sure that they will add a different dimension to the film, not necessarily better or worse, but different. You know, it's interesting. It's just a quirk of timing that in two successive weekends, the U.S. market will get big movies from Japan that are so steeped in Japanese history and culture and specifically history and the emotions and the feelings around World War II. We have, of course, this movie and then Godzilla Minus One, which came out last weekend and has proven to be a very big word of mouth hit. I'll be anxious to see how it does this upcoming weekend at the box office. Both of these movies are great in their own ways. And they're also examples of how a studio and a group of filmmakers can take a brand or a character like Godzilla that's been around for decades and keep it true to itself, keep what people like about it, but also make it applicable to their own lives or histories or culture and share that with the world. It's proof that things like monster movies and animated films don't have to be dumbed down to the lowest common denominator. They can merge art and commerce in a way that everybody can be happy with.
When I kind of step back and think about the movies I've seen from Miyazaki's filmography and from Studio Ghibli's filmography, is The Boy and the Heron my favorite? I wouldn't say that necessarily, but that's not a downgrade on this movie. That's really just a compliment to the high level of filmmaking, specifically from Miyazaki as a director. And that doesn't change my opinion on the movie, which I think is one of the best animated films of the year, and honestly, one of the best films of the year. So on my personal scale, I'm going to give The Boy and the Heron a rating of See It Now. I think it's essential if you're trying to find the best films and the most unique films that are being made this year. If you have never seen a Studio Ghibli movie, you might want to watch one or two like My Neighbor Totoro or Spirited Away or Castle in the Sky, something like that to kind of understand perhaps what you're in for. Or maybe this could be your first experience on a big screen or otherwise with a Studio Ghibli and a Miyazaki film, in which case you're still in for a treat. Uh, but it's a movie that I really, really enjoyed and I enthusiastically endorse it. So those are my thoughts on The Boy and the Heron. What do you think? Are you going to be heading out to theaters to see it this weekend? Let me know down in the comments below. And before we go, I want to thank the sponsor for this review, Uncommon Goods. You know, it's never too early to start crossing people off your holiday shopping list, but some people are so hard to buy for, and you want to find that incredible original gift that's perfect for them. Uncommon Goods has creative gifts, often handmade by independent artists, that are so much better than last-minute desperation buys, and will let your loved one know that you took the time to pick out something special just for them. I couldn't resist and actually gave Mara her gift early. It's a scarf covered in different mathematical equations that was absolutely perfect for her and her background in physics and engineering. And I can honestly say I've never seen anything like it anywhere before. Uncommon Goods looks for products that are high quality, unique, and often handmade or made in the U.S. And it's not just about things you can put in a box. You can also gift an Uncommon Experiences virtual class. Those classes range from tarot card reading to lunar astrology charting, hey, charting, cooking, mixology classes, and so much more. From art and jewelry to kitchen, home, and bar, Uncommon Goods has something for everyone. And with every purchase you make at Uncommon Goods, they give back $1 to a nonprofit partner of your choice. And they They've donated more than $2.5 million to date. To get 15% off your next gift, go to uncommongoods.com slash Dan. That's uncommongoods.com slash Dan for 15% off. Don't miss out on this limited time offer. Uncommon Goods, we're all out of the ordinary. Thanks to Uncommon Goods for sponsoring this review, and thank you for watching it. Be sure to stay tuned right here for more movie news, reviews, box office, and more. Until next time, stay safe, and I'll see you then.